Tim. Well, it's great to be back from going over to the United States. Uh, I think so. I don't think uh, sometimes we appreciate what we, uh, what we have here. We, we have something really special that God is doing in this place. One, two, two. Sorry, I had to say two, two. Uh, and that makes it work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love us. Everyone here is special in your sight. Father, you even know the hairs that are on our heads. Lord, that's really intimate. Father, I just pray that every ear will be open today to hear what the Spirit would have to say to us. And Lord, that you would just use me and I surrender myself to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I just want to start off. Uh, I've entitled the message, The Tale of Two Kingdoms. You must realize that uh, there's a war going on. So uh, this is from in the book of Revelation, which I love. Uh, Revelation 12, and it says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled down to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers... And sisters who accuse them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. Woe. <laughs> woe unto us, <laughs> because we're here, and we're in this, uh, this battle. You know, just traveling in, in the United States... Uh, is a real eye-opener of what Satan is doing. He was a liar from the beginning, and he's still lying, but he came to kill, destroy, and steal. He came to take what is God's. In the beginning, he made a vow, and he said, I will turn everybody against you, God. 
And you, met, you know the story of Job. And Job lasted because he was God's man. Woe unto us because the devil has come to us. You know, um, in the New Testament, there's many times there's warnings. And sometimes, you know, we overlook the warnings of what is going to come against us. And Jesus started it in Matthew 24 when he said there'll be many Christs and many coming in my name trying to deceive, deceivers. And he finished Matthew 24 by saying there could be two in a bed, one taken, one left. And I believe that it's the day when each of us are accountable for our relationship with Jesus Christ. I, uh, travelling through the United States and, and hearing some of the things that, uh, you know, the media is, is probably the bigger, biggest promoter of lies. And, uh, but you go around and we see all these things that are attack against the kingdom of heaven. And we see black lives matter. All lives matter to, to our, our God. The promoter of that had many houses and it was money making. But it caused a lot of damage. Properties burned, looted, many things. We have an attack against our children. This woke society that's, that they're promoting. They're promoting. The devil is promoting. That, that our children aren't who they were born to be. That they have no identity and they can choose. Lies. We were created in the image of God, male and female. We were created. And it doesn't matter what the world has to say. God's word finished it. We have an attack in our society uh, against the unborn. Babies murdered. Now we have euthanasia so we can kill the older people too. Life doesn't, has lost its value. But we have a Father in heaven that our lives are valuable. He has a plan, a purpose for every one of us. Our lives are important to him. And so the devil is promoting all these things to, to take us, uh, distract us. What about COVID? And the lies that went along with COVID. No longer do we have flu. We've always had flu. One way or another. And we just face it and deal with it and get on with it. But the governments and, and, and the media promoted it and brought fear into society. Tried to divide us. Hallelujah, we're together and we're not divided. Amen. But wanted to, to separate us from each other because we need each other. We just had communion and we're one in Jesus Christ. Wear a mask so you can't even 
smile at anybody anymore and show some love. How ridiculous. But the governments who want to control us and the world that wants to control us, you and I are no longer of that world. Amen? We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We're not of the world. And we've got a home in heaven. And we don't have to fear because we can live without fear knowing that our Father loves us and we've got a place prepared for us. And we can face anything. And we're not worried about losing our life in this world <laughs> because we've got an eternal one waiting for us in heaven. So many, many warnings about things that uh, happen um, that can happen in our lives to distract us from serving Jesus. You know, we can get our eyes fixed on the things that are going to pass away, the material things of this world. Uh, John 10.10 10 says the devil came to kill and destroy. But Jesus promises abundant life. But you know, this abundant life is based on obedience. You know, sometimes we forget that we are children of a, that are called to obey God. In fact, you know, when we look through the Old Testament, and, and some people say, I don't like the Old Testament because it's too much killing and, and, and things going on in the Old Testament. But it was written so that we, in our lives could see the mistakes that Israel made, that we won't follow their example. But we would avoid some of their things that trap them. I, I was just reading this week about um, Saul. When, when the Lord, word of the Lord came to Saul and he, and, and he said to Saul, Saul, you've got to destroy the Amorites, because they were killing the Israelites as they were traveling. And they were getting the stragglers behind and killing them. And so the Lord says, I want you to go in and I want you to get rid of them all. And Saul went to battle against the Amorites and won, but he didn't kill them all. He was disobedient to the Lord. And later on, I was really a little bit surprised, but they, he saved Agar, the, um, the uh, leader of the Amorites, and he, he lived, and his descendant was Goliath. Now, if he had been obedient to the Lord... Goliath wouldn't have been challenging Israel because he w that generation, would he would have been wiped out. But I was thinking about another guy because many times in the New Testament, in fact, um, in, Jesus referred to this guy in, in Revelation chapter 2 when he was talking to the church in Pergamon. And, and he says here, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are uh, some among you 
who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin. And so they ate food sacrificed to idols. This guy is mentioned a few times in the New Testament. And so I stopped and I thought, why would this be brought up? And I went back to the story of Balaam and, and we all remember how the donkey talked to him. And, and we remember that part of the story. But, you know, Israel were, were winning, just like we are. Victory was theirs, like victory is ours. Jesus won the victory on the cross of Calvary. And, and Israel was victorious. And the enemy looked and became afraid. The devil is afraid of you, you know, because, because Jesus lives in you, and he's already defeated him. And so uh, the king of Moab got afraid that they were next. So he got this plan together, and he sent a messenger or a few leaders in, uh, in Moab to, uh, um, to Balaam and said, look, I want you to curse the children of Israel. That'll stop them. And I stopped for a minute and thought about that. How many times does the devil want to use us to bring a curse on somebody else? How many times do we talk against our brother and our sister, against the ministry, against church, other churches, against other brothers and sisters? You know, Jesus said that, that um, the same fruit can't come out of the, the same tree. Either, either cursing or blessing will come from you, from your mouth, James wrote. And yet, sometimes we're quick to go and talk against a brother or talk about a brother and talk about a sister. James said that we bring in curse, a curse upon them. You know, I often wonder why the church is not extremely successful because <laughs> we've got Jesus and, and he's our Messiah. He's the one who died for us, the promised one. Wow. We're alive because of him. And we have a future because of him. And so, why? Why would we all of a sudden start thinking negative things about any one of our brothers and sisters and talk about them and talk against them? Why would we talk against the music that maybe we like a different type of music? Huh. But our tongue is so powerful. And Balak was asked to go and speak over the children of Israel and curse them. I want you to stop and think how many times you've used your mouth in a wrong way. Well, Balaam went to the Lord. And he said to the Lord, you know, this is what they want me to do. And the Lord said, what I blessed, you can't curse. So don't, don't even attempt it. That was the word of the Lord to Balaam. 
You know, we have God's word. Sometimes we're listening for a word. (laughs) Or we'll get somebody to agree with us. Jesus gave us the word. We don't have to go and look for it. It's written. And we go back and we, we look and we say, that's the way God wants me to walk. That's how he wants me to act in my marriage. <laughs> wow. We have instructions how to treat each other in marriage, and that's number one. We need to know. We need to know what God expects of us in our marriage. We need to know what God expects of us with our children, how to treat our children. You know, the great commandments was love him first. We stand firstly for what he says and what is right in his sight. And we reject everything else. He said, love me with your whole heart, your whole mind and all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we... uh, We don't appreciate that Jesus is living in somebody else. And, you know, we're connected. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And I love to go back to and look at at Jesus' relationship with his disciples. He chose 12 men. And two of them in the beginning were called the sons of thunder. I guess, you know, they used to have a little wrestle and uh, knock each other out, maybe. The sons of thunder. You know, one of those was the Apostle John, who became the Apostle of Love. From a son of thunder to a son of love? Wow, that's what happens when you're walking with Jesus. You've been changed, well, every second of the day. Every time you face something and you, and you obey the word of God, you get changed. Because sometimes it's hard. But God is changing us. And that's why we can never look and, at, a, at a brother and say, look what this brother did this morning. Because he might have been convicted at lunchtime and be a different man. We're called to love each other as we, we want to be loved. I want God to love me. Oh, boy, do I want him to love me. I want to be in his presence. Amen? I want to know him. So why would I treat my brother with disrespect and not love them? We're all different. We came in different. You know... Bruce is my brother, but he's not the same as me. He's not my twin. We're not twins, right? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. So so we respect each other and love each other and allow God to change each other. The other one that wrote uh, a lot in the New Testament was Peter. (laughs) In fact, John, the son of thunder, 
says this in 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Praise his holy name. He said, if you don't love your brother, you're a liar. If you say you love God and you don't love your brother, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. That's a, that's a heavy challenge for you and for me. Because some people are harder to get on with than other people. Oh, you've noticed that? Mm. So Balaam, Balaam then decides he, he's going to do, gives a message that God said. And, and they go away, they go back to the king of Moab, and they say to the king of Moab, well, he's not going to come and he's not going to curse the nation. So the king of Moab, fearing for their lives, and remember the devil is scared of you. He's fearing you. He's fearing the church. He doesn't want the church to rise up. He wants the church to stay down. And you and I, Tim said it, we're warriors in the kingdom of heaven because we're following the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who already has the victory. Him and Michael cast the devil out of, the, out of heaven, out of God's presence, down to us. Hmm. But Jesus must have had a lot of confidence in you and me, let me tell you. And so the king of Moab gets some higher officials and probably some more money or promises and sends him back to Balaam. Now, Balaam's heart was not right with God. He prayed and sought the Lord and got the word of the Lord, but his heart wasn't right. And God is looking for a people whose hearts are right with him. And I'll put his word into practice. We're called to walk in his word, in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit always agrees with the word of God. And so they come to Balaam and, and Balaam starts thinking, oh, maybe if I do this, I can get a little richer. Or maybe he was needing some money. But all these promises and, and prestige. Wow, maybe I can, you know, get, get up in, 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 in Moab and, and be uh, in the government. And so I'm going to compromise. And so he goes, he said, hang on, I'll go back and talk to the Lord again. You know, the Lord has already said it. And he doesn't change his mind. It's written. He said it. And he said it to Balaam. And Balaam says, well, let me go back, see if I can change his mind. 
And the Lord says to Balaam, go with him, Balaam. And I thought, that's the strangest ever. Why would he say that? And of course, you know the rest of the thing. He ends up on the donkey. Donkey talks to him. Angel stops him and on the journey. And it says the Lord was angry with him. How many times do we compromise the word of God and not be obedient to what God says in his word? We already have it written. And do we practice what it says? It's no good, you know, no good just remembering it. And, you know, having memory verses, you've got to be able to put them into practice. You've got to do it. Be a doer, James said, of the word, not just a hearer only, not just a reader only either, but to do it, to walk in it. So it says to me, as the word of God says to me, love your wife as Christ loves the church. I need to do that. What about when she gets... Mm. I think I'll keep quiet. You got the idea. <laughs> you know, things don't always go smooth, right? Things, there's things in, in, in the other person. And do you know what? The devil has a way of getting into your head and, and picking something and, and exaggerating it. And then all of a sudden you're starting to get these feelings and these get a little aggravated and then it turns into something nasty. But you know, when we put the word of God as number one, because remembering that Jesus is the word, the word was made flesh, the word dwelt among us. John says, I've touched him, the word of life. I've actually touched him, the word of life. This is the fighting apostle. And, and so what, what is written is what the word that God gave to you and to me on how to live and to be successful. And if we don't, aren't obedient to it and we don't obey what God wants us to do, how on earth are we ever going to get blessed? If we, if we don't obey God, how are we going to receive all the blessings? Okay, Tim's been talking a lot about a bride. You know, we are called to be the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ... You know, I love, I love Revelation because um, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of times you go in there and you're, you're looking for things that, that are happening in the world so you can, oh, that's where we are, that's happening. But it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. You notice that uh, the angels are crying in, in heaven and, and, and they can't find anyone to open the scrolls. And along comes the lamb. 
He's worthy. He's the only one worthy. But there's a wedding going to happen. There's a bride being chosen for the son. You know, I was thinking about the bride. You know, the father draws you to Jesus to be a part of the bride. What sort of a bride do you think the father wants for his son? What, what sort of bride will the father choose for the son who gave his life for all mankind? 1 Peter 1, 13 starts, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your heart on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And if you ever noticed, it was the Holy Spirit that came to live within you. Since you, since you call on the Father who judges every person's work impartially, Live out your time as foreigners here in fervent fear, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last days for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope is in God, so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born, not of per perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. And then in 25 it says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Forever. So what's sown in your heart will, bring, will keep you for eternity. Revelation 19 says, behold... What sound like a great multitude, like the roar of a rushing waters and like the loud pearls of fire shouting. Hallelujah to our God, for our God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And the bride has made herself ready. What are you doing now? Are you getting ready? Are you worried about what the church is doing, what your neighbor's doing, what other people are doing? 
Are you worried about that? Or are you getting yourself ready? Jesus is worthy to have the best of the best. Well, I got a couple of amens for that. The bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added these words, uh, and these are true words of God. Remember John the Baptist? And he said about Jesus, and he said, I'm a friend of the bridegroom. He'll be there at the wedding. But who's the bride? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I'm just so grateful that you've never left us alone, but you sent the Holy Spirit to help us to live the way you want us to live. Help us to be obedient children, Father. Help us to honour you. Lord, I, I believe the word was quite a challenge and Lord, I just ask that if there's ones that need to turn their lives around, they'll do it today. In Jesus' name. May's going to come and share a prophecy that she got this week. And I was, uh, uh, a little thing came up on Facebook. And it was a young boy, and he was carrying his brother on his back. The brother was dead. But he carried him for miles and miles. And he came across a person and the person said, you realise your brother's dead while you're carrying him? He said, he's not, he, 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 he's not dead, he's my brother. And sometimes, you know, we need to carry each other and be there for each other. Come on, mate. Um, I got this word um, during the week. I was sitting with the Lord early one morning and I saw uh, mortar and pestle. And, um, and then the Lord said, There is a crushing and grinding taking place to release the oils, the sweet aromas. The pressure is great, but the result is gold. I am removing the outer layers of husk that has been a protection, a self-preservation and coming to the heart, to the precious gold, the aroma. Some will run, some will comply, but remain hardened, seeking shelter in the familiar habits. And others will allow me to refine them, to, re to remove the hard husks and to bring out the sweet, sweet aroma, the oil. This is not done separately but together. One grape does not make wine. One olive does not make oil. It is together with one purpose, one bowl, one Jesus. We become everything he has called us to be. Thanks, May. If you need prayer today, May's going to stay out here with me and a few others and uh, we just open the front 
prepared to join with you in prayer. I think even more than that, hey, that I think about that in the word where it says, you know, some will run. So when you when you're confronted with something, it's easy to run. And often we run away rather than run to the one who loves us and gave his life for us. But the other one interested me that some will still seek safety in the familiar. Because the familiar is the can be comfort. And I really feel as we've been on this journey the last few weeks as the Lord has been speaking about the heart and dealing with matters of the heart and calling us, it, calling us into that place of clean hands and a pure heart. But today is also a great opportunity on the back of everything that we've heard to come before the Lord and allow Him or give to Him what He already knows, eh? We give to him what he already knows. Those things that are hidden in our heart but are not hidden in the sight of God. And he does it as a good father because he wants to release us to walk in a greater level of freedom and life and hope and joy than we have ever experienced. Is there an amen to that? Do we believe this morning that there is a greater level of hope and life and joy that the Father has for us all. He is so good that He's wanting to remove those weeds. I was out. You can start playing. It's all good. I was out in the garden yesterday. I spent two hours mowing and whippersnippering, and then I was doing some stuff with my back lawn that when we first moved into our house over 12 months ago now, you know, uh, Jason came down and put some nice, beautiful grass in. And it was beautiful. It looked so nice and so lush and so green. But it looks pretty average at the moment. You see, there was weeds that were coming through from next door. I was keeping my patch pretty good. And there's probably the birds of the air probably drop stuff. And then it's like these weeds just start appearing and you go, where are they coming from? And then we have this thing called this lawn beetle that bursts these grubs. And then the grubs just starting to eat the grass and it just starts to die. You know, if you don't maintain or keep a short account, something can begin to manifest. We always have to keep a short account. That's why the Word of God says, do not go to bed angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Short account, bang. Deal with it, bang. There's no room. So Lord, as we worship you in this moment, we take hold of that. God, we don't want to be a people of mixture. We don't want to compromise. Amen. We want to be set apart for you and your purposes. And we ask that you would continue to heal those areas of our heart and life that need healing in Jesus' name. And those things that need to be repented of, those things that need to be brought to you, oh God, would be dealt with even here in this moment today. Because Lord, we thank you, God, that you are breaking every chain. Every chain that stops us living in the fullness of life, the abundance of life, the hope and the faith and the life and the joy. So Lord, we humble ourselves before You. We, we walk in humility before You. And we surrender to You. We invite Your Holy Spirit to continue to move and work in our hearts today and in these days ahead. Amen.